Hello and welcome to PC Zone Lives with me, Richie Shoemaker. For this second episode, I'm joined by PC Zone editor number two, Lawrence Scottford, the magazine's first disc editor, Dan Emery, your Sinclair legend, Phil South, and the then games editor of CD-ROM magazine, Warren Christmas, who had just made his PC Zone debut. As well as immersing ourselves in that very issue, issue 19, we'll be paying tribute to the late Duncan MacDonald, who as Mr. Cursor would almost certainly have been afraid of what was on the cover. Hello and welcome to the future of PC gaming. Well, not the future as it looks today, but as it appeared more than a quarter of a century ago. This was when the October 1994 issue of PC Zone magazine hit the shelves. It was the only issue in the magazine's 17-year history that featured PC hardware on the cover, the VFX1 virtual reality headset. Modelled, of course, this was the 90s after all, by a young lady in a catsuit. It was also the first issue of the magazine that fully embraced CD-ROMs as a way to deliver demos to readers with two shiny discs stuck to the front cover. And just to emphasise that the change was afoot, it was the last issue presided over by editor Lawrence Scottford, who had been a key member of the Zone team since the magazine first launched early in 93. Why, Lawrence, why leave just when things were getting interesting? <laughs> I think it was the, it was the pressure of, of, of being thrust into the editor's role. That's what did it. I couldn't hack it. I must actually, I think I probably had the shortest, I must have had the shortest uh, tenure as an editor for the magazine ever, didn't I? It you was didn't only actually. about. No, no you didn't. really. The very last issue um, I was reading recently was presided over by the Grim Reaper. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was oh, the Grim well. Reaper, but it was a Grim Reaper. <laughs> oh, so I don't even get that, uh, that bit of no, fame. No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, because I think I only did, was it four or five, four, four maybe issues as editor, um, but obviously a long time before that um, as Deped under Paul Lakin. How did you, how did you come to, to join the magazine originally? Because you didn't come from Dennis, did you? No, uh, I was at EMAP Images. Boo! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd been there for a, uh, a couple of years and... Um, uh, yeah, we just just saw the uh, there was a chance to kind of jump onto the start of something completely new. So why not? And uh, yeah, just got lucky and got the deped role. It was your last issue, of course, but um, it was the first of many um, over the years for Warren Christmas. What brought you to the loving arms of PC Zone in '94, Warren? Uh, I was I joined Dennis that summer to join uh, Windows Magazine of all things. Talking of. Uh, yeah, old kind of platform, new platforms in a way. But it, I was on Windows Magazine for one month and then Dennis announced they were closing it down and I'd <laughs> moved several hundred miles across the country to uh, to take a job. And uh, I spent that summer, a lot of that summer, in the kit room at Dennis where they stored uh, equipment that was being reviewed and also had loads of machines set up. We played, basically played Doom for many, many weeks while they decided what they were going to do with me. And I took a job on CD-ROM magazine. <laughs> There's a theme, and uh, and that's what that was my full time job at Dennis. And then while I was doing that, I started venturing down into PC Zone more and more. I, I kind of knew a lot of the guys anyway, and um, that's how it led to freelance writing. 
So all these kind of obscure stuff, really. Win- Windows. I was trying to remember why Windows Magazine was closed, and part of me was thinking it was because it become ubiquitous. You know, it was just the standard platform, and it didn't need a special magazine. But then actually, I think it's because Microsoft were about to sue uh, over the trademark over the name. So Dennis turned Windows Magazine into PC Pro, uh, effectively. Oh. Um, which lasted it was the same staff james ty etc etc and um of course pc pro was very successful went on for um yeah many years and i actually i, I did get offered a job on pc pro but i turned it down because i thought it was going to be another computer shopper and if you remember at the time those kind of magazines were 600 pages something like that hmm. and, yeah. and you had to really search hard for the editorial and i, I really didn't like the idea of um being almost like you know editorial being sidelined so so i took this job on cd-rom magazine and i was games editor effectively on that so you know games was my thing cd-roms for what i worth as well and yeah uh dan emery you were pc zones disc editor a position that seems coming to being around the time uh the magazine started trialing cd-roms which i think was a couple of issues before this one um how did that come about well, I mean, most of my posts tended to be addressed to Daniel Emery, Dick editor, for a good few months, which was uh, which was always fun, um, and still is. And uh, so, uh, well, actually, I kind of fell into the job by accident. I actually worked on the uh, the sales floor um, because it was the only job I could get at that point in time. Um, and then I kind of discovered this office in the basement where everyone smoked and played games. And so I basically spent every night after I finished work at five o'clock down there till basically Tim Ponting told me to get out of the room um and eventually they went oh well, do you want you know you know sales you know games do you want to come make the cover discs um no one had ever really done it before so it was the literal on the job training uh not without its hiccups at times um but yeah initially it was like right go and get as many games as possible slap them on the disc if we can get exclusives slap them on there and uh and hopefully we'll uh we'll sell more copies of the magazine from it um we literally didn't have the facilities to make discs we didn't really know what we're doing um and it showed sometimes but yeah it was a uh, it was a lot of fun most of it and some of it was hell <laughs> so so was that was it your job as simple as it sounds just downloading stuff and cramming it on a disc and job done um well downloading was slightly a different different thing in those days because <laughs> it was it was via CompuServe accounts um but yeah no download speeds were, were non-existent and to be honest some of the big games were were too large to be downloaded anyway so we'd speak to you know here's some old names from the past basically people like empire and stuff like that and go can we have your demo please um honestly we'll give it lots of coverage <clears throat> and they fell for it uh, and they did and um and then we started doing weirder and weirder stuff with the discs you know we did stuff with with Kolke, with with duncan mcdonald where we created and this was way before trigger happy tv ever happened um but then they wanted shock horror 200 pounds and tim went no that's too much money for a, for a tv show uh, and so that got canned um, we also did music we sometimes put full games so we kind of went initially from being for want of a better description, almost like a shareware bundle, um, down to kind of really, really proto YouTube type stuff, which was 15 years ahead of its time, really. But um, no one wanted to spend any money on it. Dan, Dan admit the word you've missed is shovelware. That was the that was the, <laughs> that was the phrase of the time. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yep. the disparaging phrase. Uh, no, sometimes it was literally fill it up and pack it up and get what if you can on it. You know, some some months we'd get some kind of, you know, exclusive deal or, or a really good game or stuff like that. Another month it was whatever we could shovel on it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we then found other things to shovel on it, which had consequences. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to those at some point. <laughs> did, you ever, yeah. did, you ever, did you ever use a demo without permission, Dan, from a game store? Um, 
Well, uh, yeah, quite a lot. I mean, shareware was basically uh, do what you want. No, but I mean for big publishers. No, we always, we, we always, we, I mean, the thing is, is, is back then uh, the relationship between um, the games publishers and the media was was fairly direct. I yeah, you just yeah. picked up a phone and you spoke to them. Um, none of the ascended DM nonsense. Um, and so yeah, and to be honest, they always picked up their phone, so you could literally. But then again, it was also done the world of you know if they just said yes on the phone, that was good enough for you. You didn't yes, need written right, contracts yeah, or paper trails. Yeah. Whereas now they say one thing to you and then go, oh, we never said that. <laughs> have, have, have a big court case for lots of uh, lots of IP theft. Um, yeah, the, the reason I ask is because I, I actually joined Dennis from. A company called Europress, which was a Macclesfield publisher. Mm. And I was editor of PC Home uh, for a while. And just before I joined, they they were actually the very first magazine in the UK to carry a CD-ROM on the cover. And yeah, and I don't know if you remember the the issue over uh, Alone in the Dark, Two, I believe it was the sequel. Um, Infogrames piece, yeah. Yeah, they used they used a um, they used a demo without permission, and Infogrames sued them. Uh, even though they're a magazine publisher and were on pretty good terms previously, they were sued for on grounds of copyright. Um, and I don't know whether they promised a demo to another magazine. I don't, I don't know the history, but um, as far as I recall, and I guess I'm allowed to talk about this now many years on, it was settled out of court. Um, but as far as I remember, not for cash, it was settled with T-shirts. Europress <laughs> no, were made to buy thousands of promotional T-shirts and I think they were given away with subscription offers or something like that, but like boxes and boxes of these things. So um, pretty wow. random, but quite sort of indicative. Jesus. It was all a bit Wild West back then, right? And nobody really quite knew what they were doing. But that's a pretty, that was a pretty good lesson for them not to do something about permission. And just because a demo's out there online or wherever, you can't just stick it on a CD-ROM and, and, uh, and give it to your users, readers. Okay, finally, we have Phil South. I think, um, Phil, your cover feature for this issue with, for Zone was um, might have also been your final contribution. I'm not sure. But, of course, no, you've been working on possible. Mags. <laughs> yeah, you've been working on Mags long before PC Zone was even a twinkle in Theresa Morn's eye. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I, 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 I was studying for this uh, podcast. It's like studying for a quiz show or something. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, and also, uh, you know, it's a bit it's a bit like um, William Shatner's uh, Star Trek memories, where he basically interviewed the other cast members to remind him of what actually happened. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was uh, I'd been a, a, a computer journalist for about 10 years, I think, by the time this issue rolled around and wow. um, starting off on uh, freelance gigs for um uh argus i think argus specialist press in golden square and following um uh, following um alison huell and kevin cox uh when they got a job at dennis when it was called sports scene specialist press and they did poster magazines and the occasional computer magazine <laughs> Hmm. um and uh it sort of went on from there did the ys stint actually was working in the office and then i went freelance and then there was zero and then there was pc zone and that was like you know around by the time by the time this article came out i was i was um 
uh, fully freelance living in Somerset. So didn't come into the office very much. And I had two little kids as well. So, wow. um, uh, so I was trying to make a leap into more serious journalism, which this article wow. is obviously representative <laughs> of. This is, uh, cynical, mate. <laughs> this is, this is the, this was, this perhaps was the peak of my serious journalism. I think you might have done a couple of edutainment features earlier on. In oh, the oh probably. Yeah. History. Yeah, because oh, yes. I was I was well into the was that well into the multimedia, um, uh, and and I sort of side I sort of side graded from journalism into multimedia anyway, uh, and that was my that was my you know um, that was my alternative to serious journalism was uh, taking all the all the things I'd learned being a computer journalist and all the kit that I blagged and and parlaying that into a career in multimedia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somewhat like Macca, actually. <laughs> Before we get on to the main subject of ER, let's uh, immerse ourselves in what was going on back in October 94, out in the big wide world. Bill Clinton was US president, of course. John Major was our glorious prime minister. OJ Simpson was awaiting trial. Uh, the first ever banner ad went up on the internet. Um, first version of the Netscape browser came out um, in the realm of PC gaming. This was this is all according to PC Zone. Dark Forces, the first Star Wars FPS, was a couple of months from release, and LucasArts was already milking the franchise mm. by releasing the new Star Wars screen entertainment screensaver. Does anyone remember when screensavers used to be a big thing? <laughs> flying toasters—that's yeah. all I remember. Yeah, flying toasters. That's right. After dark. Yeah, after dark. I, I actually have flying toasters on my on my screen as we speak. <laughs> that's that's how retro I am, yo. <laughs> oh no, flying toasters was definitely a Mac thing. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, also teased in the issue was Bullfrog's magic carpet, which was yes. reviewed in mm. issue twenty-one with one of my favourite cover lines. Do the shake and back. With a promise of an amazing 16 network players simultaneously. Yes, right. Woohoo! Yep. Battle Royale. <laughs> Actually, if we're talking cover lines, I know it's not this issue, but um, Dark Forces. Dark Forces had my favourite ever cover line on PC Zone. What was that? Um, which is just, the Empire is doomed. And Doom was italicised uh, yeah. because it was a play on Doom. Uh, now, that, that was very, very overused. In fact, I think, what was the car game that's in this issue we're looking at? And it was like Doom on wheels. Oh, no, quarantine. Yeah, no, quarantine. 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 So, you know, I think it was a phase, wasn't it, where everything was compared to Doom. Yeah. Um, but with yeah. the dark, that Dark Forces cover line, it's a different issue, I know, but it's a great. Empire is doomed. Brilliant. Really good. Now everything's compared to Fortnite. How everything changes. Yes, that's true. That's yeah. very true. And, and yet yeah. doesn't. <laughs> Fortnite killer, yeah, it's true. I tell you, my my kids play Fortnite, or my eldest one does, and it literally takes me back to um, n- late ninety four and staying behind at work, as Dan was talking about as well. Staying behind at work in the in the basement of Dennis and playing Network Doom. And I built that we, network, and it was right, a pain in the ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, we could talk about this is a funny thing. You could talk about what was covered in this magazine, right, and what was reviewed that month and previewed, and what kit was coming out. The reality was that ma- everybody in that magazine would have been doom obsessed, right? During yep. work yeah. and yeah. after work. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah, everything sure. in the magazines compared with it was, it was doom, doom, doom. And, and of course, doom sat because it was open play and multiplayer. There was no way you could finish it. You know, it was just ongoing or new levels, which we'll talk about, I guess, on the CD-ROM. And so 
it was just one game just took over everything and it changed everything, didn't it? And um, yeah, Fortnite really reminds me of how addictive it is playing against friends. Yeah. Uh, of course, they're talking online, whereas we were shouting at each other in a... We're literally sitting next to each other. Yeah, <laughs> still shouting at each other. And yeah. then you come down the next day and there'd be like this sea of little upturned cigarette butts that have all burned down That's to the right. bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny. You can't overemphasize enough the fact that we were smoking in that, in that basement, in a really yeah. run-down basement. But man, it had character, didn't it? It was mm. just like, you know... It was and mice. <laughs> and mice, yes. Character and mice, yeah. But it was just... It was just so so much fun, so unprofessional, um, which which arguably <laughs> came through in a magazine. No offence, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's but, all your but, fault, Lawrence. It's okay, a company but, well, tradition. But, yeah, but but unprofessional, not professional, but and yet full of fun and enthusiasm, and you know that wild west which came through in a magazine. And that, that's great. That's a good thing to have, actually. You know. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what I was going to say. One of the reasons for that is is at the time that was just normal to us. But when you look back in hindsight, yeah. to a degree, I hate to use the words trailblazing and all that kind of stuff because it's kind of corporate wank. But fundamentally, we were in kind of uncharted territory and, and it was video games. Okay, you can thank PlayStation for quite a lot of it. But fundamentally, they when we when we all started off, they were kind of nerdy train story. Yeah. You play yeah. video games, do you? And by the end of it, it was, you know, ridiculous parties where people were just squandering hundreds of thousands of pounds just because they could yeah. um and, and everything that came with it and and to us that was just normal yeah yeah come on let's start talking about irqs well no, well we will we will let's let's talk about um <laughs> pcs at the time and the state they were in 486 dx for the win yes dx2 wasn't it yes yeah, blimey. No, well, this was actually when I bought my first PC around this time. So, yeah, 486 DX2. Um, but obviously this was before hardware acceleration, before Windows was – well, Windows was crap for games, wasn't it? Wasn't it? When was – well, yeah, 94. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, everything, yeah. Was DOS, everything was yeah. DOS 4DW. There were a couple of Windows games, but they were either edutainment, quirky, or just shite. <laughs> DirectX <laughs> wasn't around by then, was no, it? Or was no. it just starting? No, no it was DOS 4DW was – yeah. So I I felt like um, this was a real turning point. This kind of time for PCs. I was yeah. I was looking I was looking at the price in in, in the issue, and it was um, you know a decent PC would cost about eight hundred pounds. And I know for a fact that for several years a PC would cost fifteen hundred pounds. It was fixed. It was fixed in my mind because um, uh, was it Curry's at the time? It might have been some predecessors, but it, they kept that same price and they kept bundling more and more. Do you remember? Like they'd, they'd start adding hardware, but they'd add more and more games, and then they'd, they'd add a premium for um, you know encyclopedias and stuff. So instead of the prices of computers coming down, they just used to bundle more stuff to hit this mm. fifteen hundred pound price. So and but actually, there's there's a couple of adverts I think in that issue of Zone where it's um where it's the OEM market of just unnamed grey boxes. So rather than buying mm. a Hewitt-Packard or Adele or whatever it was at the time, these guys started to really un- undercut the big names. And I think that was a real turning point for um, for games. And, and, and also the fact that we started having these add-ons like CD-ROM drives and Sound Blasters have been around. Well, CD- CD-ROM drives have been around for a little while, but Sound Blasters as well. And they, they were suddenly essential items. Um, and I think it's noticeable in that issue, actually, that the, the games... Uh, section, maybe you can talk about this, Lawrence, was the CD-ROM section, its own section at the back. Yeah. 
Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't part mm. of the games. And I think that was probably the last time and I had a new edit to the issue after. But that's how it was thought of. And presumably did that, Lawrence, because you didn't think it was relevant to enough gamers, right? It was like an extra thing at the back. Is that how you thought of it? I'm not sure why we did that, actually. I uh, I think more to kind of, um, because it was a new newish thing to just kind of highlight it a bit rather than it being bundled in with um with everything else yeah you put yeah. it in the back though not the front so that kind of suggests yeah, it. it's so kind of, i might be <laughs> i mean well, if, I, if, you, honestly, if you I, it's sorry, if, if, you, if you look yeah. at the charts in the if you look at the charts in the issue the 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 pc games are separate from the cd-rom games as yeah, well yeah um, well i when i was at pc home the year before that it would have been uh or maybe the, the beginning of that year i remember having a conversation with somebody who said that the week they started that cd-rom chart uh the number one game was um I said, it wasn't Seventh Guest. I can't remember what it was now, but it had sold like less than 100 copies yeah. and it had got to number one. But yeah. they, the, who, who's to, who was the industry body at the time? You're going to be Elspa. Yeah, yeah Elspa. And they were just desperate to start this new chart, but they started it when sales were literally in a few hundreds. So that gives you a bit of perspective on, you know. But, it, oh, but um, Under yeah. a Killing Moon was, it felt like it was the biggest, and it's easy with hindsight, but it felt like it was the biggest game in that issue. Um, yeah. and, and I don't know whether you can remember, Lawrence, but I, I, was, was VR put on the cover because you felt you didn't have a big enough game? Oh, uh, God, you know, I can't, I can't, I really can't remember, but I would have thought it was probably more about um, that there there was a lot of buzz about VR, well-deserved right. well or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it kind of made sense to lead with that. Uh, and, of course, it, it's an excuse to put a woman in a yeah, skin-tight yeah. PVC yeah. suit on the cover as well. I think time is marching on, so I think we're going to have to move on uh, VR because in the same issue, in the same issue as a feature, we, there was a news story about the that Forte VFX One VR headset launching for six hundred fifty mm. quid, yeah. for which uh, apparently there was Just going to be a version money. of Doom. Yeah. But um, how did the feature come about? Was it something you pitched, Phil, or was it something? Um, Lawrence, well, uh, since you since you asked me to be here this evening, I've been trying to remember whether it was actually my idea. Um, I don't know if Lawrence remembers, but it's possible I, because I it's a special interest of mine mm. uh, and was at the time. So, did you did you organise getting hold of that kit as well? I think you did, didn't you? Um, I'm not the, sure the one that we used on the photo shoot. I'm not sure. It's possible. Um, it's possible. I may have. It does look vaguely familiar. Yeah, I don't think any of us did, to be honest. No, I think but that's the thing, though. These things, they were all very so kind of speculative. All the firms that are involved in VR and things, it was all very sort of speculative technology, and it was a bit sort of, uh, it wasn't sort of out yet. And you could go somewhere and look at it, but you couldn't have it. You know, you couldn't sort of hold on to it and test it. So um, so I, I I had tested it by that point. Um, ah. I uh, the, VF, the VFX1. Um, at ECTS was the yeah. first time that I tried there it, you go. and it was yeah, it was Doom. Sorry, I just popped out then and came back. You didn't notice, did you? Um, yeah, I, uh, so that was smooth. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. So I, I kind of missed the conversation. So uh, yeah. sorry. So so I, I mean, I, I admit I looked it up to see what ECTS was, and there was one just before, just as this issue was going to bed, and one that was in eight. So that was the autumn one, and there was one one in the springtime. Um, and I've got a feeling I would have tried uh, it for the first time that spring. Was that um, the one went, in um, Islington? Or yeah, the it was, they were yeah. still at Islington then, yeah. Mm. And um, uh, they were demoing it with Doom. 
and of course doom as we've already mentioned everybody's everything was all about doom you know it was really and hot then <laughs> it, yeah it was but it, it was just so low res i mean it was ridiculously yeah. low res and yeah. fundamentally you know well as i was talking about we we're playing doom networks uh you know by then and we were all you know really competitive about it you know yeah. vr just made the game a lot harder so yeah. it's like and, and just tiring on the eyes um, yeah. I don't have the specs in front of me, but it wasn't even VGA level, was it? It was like it was sub VGA. Mm. We kind of forget that. Was so it? The, yeah. the, the resolution was. Oh no, it was, it was VGA, but not SVGA. No, no, it wasn't. It was less. It was sub VGA. You know, honestly. It was, well, it was, the, it was, the thing is, they were having to drive two little televisions, yeah, right. so, so they had to, to halve it. everything. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good tech fact. Nice one, <laughs> Phil. Still, still got it, Phil. <laughs> Yeah. So look, look, guys, I've got a bit of a surprise for you here. So unannounced. This this is a, a first for this podcast. I actually have my VFX one here with me, sat no. next to me. Yeah, right. And it's not been out of the box at all for at least twenty five years, something like that. And so I, I, you know, I thought we could do the world's weirdest unboxing <laughs> video. <laughs> that's, that's not even a video, right? And I could describe it. <laughs> and I only wish we could actually get it to work, but or not that that would work on yeah. audio anyway. But I, So I will open it right now and I will tell you what I'm saying. No word of a lie, this is it. And, um, you know, I don't have lots of equipment from my PC zone. But, or but you hung on to that. Well, I did because I thought I thought first first it was worth a fortune, right? I yeah. mean, these things oh, cost yeah. seven eight hundred quid at the time. It was yeah. it was six hundred and fifty at the time, right, which I worked right. out was something like fifteen hundred now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so crazy. so, and I think that mine came direct from the US. I might be wrong. Yeah, and, it probably, and it happens, probably would course, have. It would yeah, have. Yeah, and so of course, who who the hell's going to be bothered to ship it back? So they never asked for it back, which is as as some of you guys will, will recall. Sometimes you get asked for some stuff back and. Uh, like sometimes two years later as well, annoyingly, when yeah. we've already yeah. shifted, moved it on. That's anyway, that's, yeah. that's a different podcast altogether. Um, <laughs> and in this case, I just kept it. And But you know what? I don't remember using it beyond, you know, a few months. I, I reviewed it um, several months later in PC Zone, actually. Um, but, I, you know, this is not something we used for, for weeks. And, and this is something that costs hundreds of pounds. So anyway, look, I'm ruining the unboxing. I've taken a lid off. I am. Uh... <laughs> you've just you've just halved its value. Well, no, exactly. well, no I, you know, I, it, it, in fact, the restock got out of storage is I got it out of storage a couple of years ago because it's just been, a, uh, you know, hidden phrases. I got it out because I was going to do a photograph just for like social media and say, right, I'm ready for the VR revolution. Part two. You know, I, I am uh, the lawnmower uh, man. Yeah, well, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I never got round to the photograph, and it's still, and so it's, but it's why it's available to me, and in my kind of storage at my place. Anyway, I've got it out. Here it is. It's, um, it's the rubber has survived, which is not always guaranteed around the, the earphones. <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, saying nothing. I'm yeah, just thinking so, it. Yeah, okay. I, I bet uh, it's lasted better than that PVC is, suit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I don't look as good in that suit anymore. Okay, fact, uh, wouldn't that be amazing if I found that at the bottom? this box there'll be a whole different you can just devote a podcast it's a whole different podcast. i mean not least to be why have you kept the bbc dress <laughs> exactly exactly as so, long as you still got the snooker ball and sock that goes with it <laughs> so here we go we've got the puck do i remember the puck that used oh, to yeah. hold over the three buttons on it and you know i think i think partly the reason why i wouldn't have used this beyond like a short window was the it needed to be plugged into a video card didn't it and mm, i weren't that yeah. kind of, it was quite constrained about what type of video card it could be yeah. on, I believe. That was that um, was the biggest problem with these things well, is they all have very narrow card. 
specs. Well, I thought, I, but, yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe it has got a card, you know, and that's probably it. The card was probably rubbish, but what did you add? No, you added it. So you added this card. It's at the bottom of the box. Here, so what you did, you added this card and then you had to join this card to your video card. Yeah. It went oh, right. yeah. And I, I reckon fairly quickly that the stack, because PCs were evolving so quickly then, right? Yeah. The hardware. I reckon that this probably came obsolete. Pretty, yeah. The slots and the connections would have become obsolete within about two or three years. Yeah. Well, maybe even less, right? But anyway, yeah. I've got the... So here we go. Yeah, I've found the... I've got the interface card. Yeah, because they were all... Six, they were 16 slot ISIS, ISIS, ISIS slots, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, it has got a ribbon that you connected. I can't even, oh, yeah, it's a ribbon that I, you connected from... It's got some weird... Okay, so yeah, it's... Uh, oh, no, this is not very good for audio, is it? But yeah, it's got like a network connection, but that was just to join to the headset. Mic, speaker, then VJ output came from this card. Yeah, and you had to connect this card to your, your actual video card. And yeah, like I reckon, I reckon those graphic accelerators just came along and just made this incompatible. And, but so fundamentally, I, I honestly, you know, I, I spent a bit of time writing about this stuff. It was a long time ago, but I actually don't remember playing a single game other than Doom. Mm. If you um, just tuned in, you're listening to Fossil FM. Yeah, exactly. Here on the, oh, God, tech, the tech anti grocher. I know. I think, you know I, How much is this worth then? Yes. For insurance yes. purposes. How much are you offering? Yeah, if, you, if, people, if people want to write in, oh, there's, there's some sort of. Oh, right. I confidently predict it's gone down in value. Write in or send a fax. <laughs> yes. Um, so there you go. So I'm sure later later episodes of uh, of this podcast are going to have stories about drinking and partying and press trips and stuff. And here we are talking about obsolete crap at the back and back of Warren's cupboard. So sorry, <laughs> sorry you've wasted your time in this episode, everybody. Well, you're the one that's kept it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I right, you to do that. So I know. So just uh, yeah. There are, oh, okay. So, but I'm proud that you have. Yeah. yeah cheers. We're, we're thrilled. It confirms all our fears. <laughs> No, it's, so, it, it, I, I've I've hung on to uh, at least one virtual reality headset from that time, yeah. and and I I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, where the hell is that? It, it was one for the Amiga. I think it was uh, actually uh, some sort really? of a shut a pair of shutter glasses or something, and um, I, I have no idea. It would have made a really cool movie prop. <laughs> So look, at least at least I'm talking about a product I've got rather than telling people about a product you can't find. Hang on, this is a bigger loser now. <laughs> Has anybody else got anything that they can't find? <laughs> oh, I think I think I think we've all got that. <laughs> yeah. If, if if anyone's seen my dignity, I'd like yeah, it back, please. That disappeared uh, about half an hour ago. Didn't oh, I might say they will see my punchline. Thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> Um, Phil, back back to your feature. You, hey. you, you didn't you didn't seem entirely convinced by no, VR right. in your feature. Now, I, I me at the time, I remember being very excited by VR, but then I just got a PC, so I was very excited about anything. But yeah. I mean, I remember seeing on like what was that BBC Two show, The Net? Was it the Tomorrow's Net? World? Oh no, BBC Two. No, yeah, it was in the Net. Do you remember the Net? Now, someone must remember that. Oh, I remember yeah. it. I remember oh, yeah. it on there, and I, mean, I remember being very excited. I remember when the, the virtuality machines came out, and even though I only yes. saw one in the flesh once, I was quite excited by those. So me, personally, at the time, yeah. I was quite excited. So, But you're, you seemed quite, in your the, the tone of your feature seemed quite uh, quite negative. So I guess you didn't think, you possibly didn't <laughs> think it was the future, like I did. Well, I don't, I'd say that's not necessarily true. I, I, like you, was very excited about every aspect of it. And, and I, I was a 
you know, a, a, a 3D sort of um, fan since the Viewmaster in the 1960s. So, um, oh, you know, I sort of shame. came up all the way through all 3D formats up to the 3D projector I've got now, you know. So 3D and 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 stereo vision and virtual reality and 3D gaming, all very much in my wheelhouse, you know. So I was very, very excited about this. And I was an avid reader of, of uh, sort of like Monday 2000 and Boing Boing magazine, which talked about all these kinds of, um, you know, immersive technologies. And um, so I was very into it and I was very excited about the possibilities. But the tone of my piece is probably informed by the fact that, uh, like, for example, there's a section in there that says that VR kit in full. And there's like four things in it. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, most of which I think were not current selling products, but prospective products. Um, and the tech, as, as we've alluded to earlier on, um, the tech the tech was clearly there, present. Warren still has one. It, it did exist, but um, the tech really wasn't there. You know, <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, sort of underpowered for what they were doing with it. But I, I went to see, I went to interview um, John, what was his name? John Walden or something, the guy, virtuality guy. Um, I went to interview him one, one day for, for a magazine. I don't know which. Um, and he, uh, I sort of asked him every question that I could think of about, you know, the possibilities of VR and, and um, what they saw for the future of virtuality. And he let me have a, a, a very long extended play on a virtuality uh, box. Um, and uh, he was he was very sort of excited about the possibilities, but you could tell he knew the technology wasn't there yet and it wouldn't be there for a while. And, and he also, had, I also got the feeling from him, he knew that people were going to lose interest in it before they got the tech. <laughs> and so that's yeah. the flavor of what i was writing about i think i think that's the sort of um my recollection Sounds great. let's of... give it six pages in the cover <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely but the thing is it could have taken off at that point this was the big sort of res- the, you know, this was a big resurgence of vr but it's always uh the same it's games first right and experience first mm. and um that's mm. why you know without the killer game it mm. didn't get it at the time and so no uh it didn't have a chance i mean you know no uh, there wasn't there wasn't the killer app for sure and it, and it was competing even with you know just cd-rom games and as we discussed doom yeah you know, these were doom, which was quicker people... and cheaper yeah, and exactly, everything exactly yeah, and that was, and let's face it, right? Doom felt pretty fucking immersive at the time, right? Oh god, yeah. Compared, compared with what had gone on before, yeah, the absolutely. whole flickering graphics, the sound yeah. that that was a head fuck anyway. Without yeah. having to put on a silly helmet and well, play that a, that was the thing. Music. That was the thing. VR, VR was was. I mean, you got this a similar experience with VR, like the virtuality machine I tried up at their headquarters. You know, was the, obviously the top of the range at the time. The graphics mm. were very uh, chunky. Um, the, 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 the sort of response of the headset to your movement was very slow. The headset yeah. itself weighed an absolute ton. Yeah. Uh, and you came out of it a sweaty mess because it was, re- it was a workout, let me tell you, mm. you know, and, uh, that was never going to take off big time in, in, in the consumer world, you know? Mm. Um, and even, even the modern, vr headsets and things are still a little bit of physical work you know and mm. and suffer from similar sorts of problems the resolution's there the response time is there and you know there's a lot of very 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 good apps i'm not entirely sure there's been the killer app yet but mm. um you know 
uh, as you say, 3D gaming, you know, 3D worlds in games on Steam, uh, not VR, but, you know, just 3D on screen, they're, they're pretty fucking immersive, you know? They're oh, pretty God. amazingly immersive. Um, and you don't need the headsets. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful yeah. thing, and it's a it's an amazing experience when they get it right. Um, but, you know, cheaper, faster 2D video games will beat the hell out of them every time. Mm. So I reviewed them a few issues later, the, the VFX one and the Cybermax. I don't, yeah, remember, yeah. I don't, even, I don't even remember yeah. the Cybermax. But it was no, I don't gog- either. <laughs> so it was a bit more goggle-like. Yes. Um, and I think, I don't know, is it issue 23, Richie? Richie knows every review off the top of his head. Is it 23? Yeah, 23, yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah, so this is a few, what, four months later, and I reviewed them head-to-head. And um, I gave uh, one of them, actually, they give it 89% or something, one of them. And one no, of them, you gave the VFX Jesus, one 74. Really? Oh, 74. 74. Oh, no, sorry. And 74. Cybermax was 66. Right, okay. And, and my review, I remember, I, I wrote which one. So which one would I go for? I asked myself, and the answer was neither of them. There you go. Great. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we weren't convinced. And I think Doom was out then uh, as on the VR. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, tiring and made a game harder. And it costs a fortune. What's the point? So mm. there ended VR in PC Zone probably for quite a long time, I'd imagine. Well, bizarrely, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone else is kind of into VR now. I mean, I've, I recently got a Quest 2. Um, and the first game I pretty much loaded on it was, um, well, side-loaded, I guess, was, was Doom itself. So... <laughs> Yeah, they, um, yeah, nice, nice. Playing those old shooters is actually really pretty good. I mean, I've I've got a PSVR, but that's just, I mean, that is a pain in the ass to set up. I don't know what obviously what these old mm. headsets were like, but um, I mean the Quest, I mean the Quest Two, obviously is you know you just stick it on your head and go. But even that, even that getting it out is yeah. a pain in the ass. So the, the yeah. new the new headsets, the new headsets in general are, are really nice. You know, they're so much better than the old ones. You know. Um, and lighter and everything, but there's still uh, there's still some effort to set them up, and there's still uh, a physical price to pay, you know, for, for using them. It's interesting, actually, that they um, that um, I think it was Oculus introduced um, just recently introduced a sofa mode where you could make, you could add your sofa into the mapping. <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> they've cottoned on to the fact that people are finding it a bit of a a bit too much, and like. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I want to use my headset. I want to sit down as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's a good thing. There was a, a I think a, a news story and a couple of issues after this issue where the guy because I think this, I'm not sure if the Cybermax came out afterwards, but um, it was mentioned that they were aiming to sell 50 million units in 1995. Wow, which is um, pretty ambitious because I think <laughs> yeah, even now, ambitious. even now the I think. They only sold six million VR units, all of them together in in twenty twenty. Yeah. So, can you can you imagine though a scenario? It's pretty hard to imagine, but imagine if Doom wasn't playable playable on a standard PC. Imagine for Doom, you had to have a headset. You know mm. that that would have turned the whole industry upside down. Yeah, right? that that would have made that's the kind of thing it needed. Something yeah. that a brand new experience that's beyond what you yeah. could do. Yeah. If you're asking yeah. people to pay seven eight hundred quid. Otherwise, it's just like, nah, I'll play Doom. It was, you mm. know, people were Doom obsessed then, weren't they? When was the Doom 2 was like a month after this, I think, as well. So this was this was peak Doom. This was crazy Doom yeah. time. And v, spending money on a VR headset was just not an yeah. option for 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was unlucky that VR people start tried to start VR up again at this point in time, because as you pointed out earlier, this was an amazing. Uh, time amazing pivotal time for for gaming you know for 3d yeah. gaming and just gaming in general you know yeah. uh, so they 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 got unlucky because there was so many other really good things happening at the time you yes, know spending a shit ton of money on something that was worse <laughs> yeah yeah as well as vr coverage pc zone embrace the future by committing to a CD-ROM edition of the magazine. Mm. It wasn't the first time I think we ran a CD. Obviously, when Dan started um, was when it started, but I think this issue was when the it became nationwide. We, was, we were still running dual floppy versions and CD yeah. versions, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. Mm, we yeah. Do, do there were two yeah. editions. It's, um, I think it's hard to imagine now how necessary, I guess, uh, the cover mounts were because... Um, I've been looking back through some some uh, information from '94, and, and I didn't realise there were only, like for example, for the internet, there was only two thousand five hundred websites on the beginning of 1994, mm. and ten thousand yeah. by the end of it. Yes. And now there are forty five billion websites. And um, yeah, uh, but, obviously, but, 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 but there was yes. the u- there was the usernet then. Yeah, which yes, um, yes. Right. which so, which yes, was, was yeah yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so so yeah. I mean, back then you didn't really. There wasn't like sort of you know GameSpot or IGN or anything like that that you could go and get your demos from. You had to either um, hunt them down off Usernet groups, or they were put on FTP sites, or bulletin boards, or the worst ones. You had to download them in binary and then recompile them. That was as much fun as it sounds. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean, the, it was an absolute ball ache to download a demo, mm. um, and which which made CD-ROMs like you know, I mean, like getting one demo on a magazine, you know, that, that's nice, or getting two on a couple of floppy disks is great, but obviously, having a CD-ROM just completely blows the whole thing open. I mean, yeah, sometimes you get fourteen, of, sometimes you get thirty. What was on this disk wasn't that five hundred DMWs? <laughs> Sorry, it was, uh, that was that was the thousand one, which which. Well, that's forever. a later that's a later one. Yes. It? This, this issue was five hundred. Oh yeah, ones. this this was this was this was the uh, this was the PG version. This one was fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, do, do we want to talk about that, or you want to save that for another? Uh, oh, time? is that a Richie really? Um, no, no, we'll leave that for another time. Okay. Okay, yeah. So yeah, there's 500 Doom Wads on this yeah, disc. Yeah, and I think were. Well, this, I, is where, this is how you got the reputation for shovelware, with respect, Dan. Uh, well, because was, because it if, it, if the cover had said the 12 greatest Doom levels, you know, in the UK, that's one thing. But instead it was all about numbers already, it, wasn't it? It, it so, was about numbers. And, and the fact of the matter is, is most people are soulless and actually they will go for 500 because at least there'll be some there I like, but they go 12 and go, Oh, that's your opinion. I don't like the 12. Imagine having having the time on your hands to pick through 500. Yeah. But I think when you're, when you're 14 years old, you probably do. How old were you then, Dan? Uh, Yeah, a little older than 14. Uh, you, You did check all of these levels, right? Um, I checked that they downloaded, and, <laughs> I the, and I think on this one, which we won't talk about later, the, the text files and all the copyright were in fact retained on this. So, um, but yeah, it was it was it, fundamentally the 
demo this was a marketing device um first and foremost you know it was a it was a, a number there to attract people's attention like oh my god 500 ugh. um because ultimately the whole point of these discs was really to to drive sales and get people to pick it up off the uh, off the news agents and, and buy it basically um so yeah uh i think they, they they came from all kinds of sources but quite a lot of them were indeed taken down off the usernet um which i can't even remember the system we used to to take files down and recompile them um it was it was the days before even zips and stuff like that so mm. what's it, it called was, usenet was it really usenet? yeah yeah it was usenet so it was alt dot binaries dot pictures pictures yeah that's the one and then it all goes a bit vague yeah <laughs> but is it i mean is it worth almost explaining that honestly websites didn't have pictures or, no or, they didn't they didn't yeah. have high quality pictures then so no if, if mean, you wanted high quality pictures for your you hobby whatever it might be yeah exactly you download them in 20 100 parts and then recompile them okay then moving on to the um the other interesting parts of the issue if anyone can point anything i'm just gonna as you as you just uh as you were just speaking dan i was i was reading your i don't know if you can remember your colonization preview in that issue oh good god yes because i think, I think course, yes because lawrence actually lawrence foolishly um took a punt on me and, and got me to write a few things um which was great because it was also the days before spell checks really um and my spelling was literally there are drunken monkeys on a keyboard that would have done a better <laughs> better job than i could have done spelling so so paul lawrence had to kind of try and work out what the gibberish i was even typing in the first place before actually working out putting it into some coherent copy but yeah it's um yeah, Lawrence is really to blame for me being, not just being a disc monkey, but to try and pretend to be a writer, which I spent all my life doing and never actually succeeded. I was <laughs> drunk at the time. It's my only defence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Lawrence, what are your memories of this issue, though? Were you were you like at one foot drunk? Out the door? <laughs> no, but, but are you, are you, had you already had you resigned before you did this issue? Not that I'm suggesting that it looked like. Uh, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember Lawrence. You were a bit demob happy because I remember asking question. You were like, "I don't give a fuck." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do remember on my. Um, I think it was when uh, John Davison was already around, yeah. uh, and I was still there. And I do remember one day I just got up in the middle of the day and said, "I'm off," because Terry Pratt. <laughs> is signing books down on Tottenham Court Road. <laughs> yeah, and I just walked out in the middle of the day to go yeah. and get my, my signed copy. My memories of PC Zone that you could do that anyway, if you just wanted to go, <laughs> you just got yeah. on it genuinely. It was, it, it was like a social club down, yeah. in that, down there, wasn't it? And a freelancers. Part I mean, social club, part flexi time. <laughs> yeah, and it, because the freelancers used to come and go, it felt like even the full-timers used to just be pretty casual about yeah, I I do remember actually. We, I, I very nearly didn't make it to um to to the end <laughs> of that issue because that power drive feature, um, US Gold threw on a jolly in Wales at some rally driving um centre, and myself and Jeremy Wells um went up there and we borrowed somebody's car and I'm hoping it wasn't yours, <laughs> um, Dan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we borrowed somebody's car and um. And the windscreen was absolutely filthy. There's just like all this muck around the outside of it. So anyway, we're bombing along at um, 70 miles an hour. And and Jeremy's like, oh, I'm fed up with this crap all over the windscreen. So he tries to activate the um, the washer. And it's dry as a bloody bone. So all that happened was the windscreen wipers just smeared. Oh, no. <laughs> this, and a pike sort of... Um, 
load of shit across the windscreen. You couldn't see a bloody thing. So there's me with my head out the window, just shouting directions <laughs> to him until we could safely pull over. Awesome. It's almost <laughs> the end of both of us. That game, I don't remember that game at all. It looked terrible, and you gave it about five pages, didn't you? Would that be it did because look awful. of the press There's trip? no screenshots or anything. Just, are, no. you, are you suggesting that we were swayed <laughs> by this jolly in Wales? No, 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 no. <laughs> How very dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, other, other articles this issue I think were quite interesting. Well, there was an early appearance by a young Charlie Brooker, of course, um, but... What was in, I found interesting reading uh, earlier today, Lawrence, was your multimedia feature, which I guess was oh, very much yeah. of its time. Oh yes, what a what a tedious yeah. read that was. Be, before before multimedia <laughs> became a filthy I, word. I I'm I'm not even sure why I ended up writing that because normally that sort of thing would have farmed out to um, to Me. Mark. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> Mark Burgess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mr. Pajamas. He used to wear these trousers that literally looked like he'd just come in in his pyjamas. I'm sorry. As in, he'd come into work. Fuck's sake. I mean, come into work. <laughs> I, I didn't actually mean that, although... I'm, uh, anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up now. I suppose the multimedia thing would have been quite exciting at the time, maybe. <laughs> maybe we could look oh. at it in different eyes. Maybe. But yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about the, the another acronym, MPC, and the yeah. fact there was mm. a spec for MPC1 and MPC2. Yeah. And I don't think that really lasted. Like, are we are we talking about Under, under a Killing Moon in this podcast? Or are we just ignoring it? Yeah, we'll get, no, we'll get to that one, don't okay. we? Your, your, right. your, your time to shine will come. No, it's, well, it wasn't that. It's just the, the spec of MPC2. Two, which we highlighted there, was barely enough to play that game. That was all. But yeah, you know, not you that did, interesting. But yeah, it was. This was a. This was a. Uh, although we talked at a very progressive time for games, it was you had to keep up, didn't you? That was the whole yeah. point. And so actually, yeah. having a look, having a PC then became it's where it became a hobby for so many of us because you had to keep upgrading it every few yeah. months. It, be- it became a bit of an arms race, didn't it? It was it like, did. Yeah. It's it did. like it, uh, you know, you had to have, you had to, like the Zen and the Art of Multimedia piece that's in front of me now, you had to have those exact speakers and that CD-ROM and that, that Sound Blaster card in order to play, you know, a certain set of games. And then you had to get, you know, an AWE card, and then you had to get, uh, you know, uh, a Roland uh, MT32. <laughs> yeah, God, they were the days. Yeah, you but, would, you, you would definitely go and upgrade if to play something that you yes. were desperate. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I remember going and buying a complete, a brand new PC just so I could play Half Life when that came mm. out. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I, well, I said, I think Wing Commander Three that was out a few months after this was. That was a game that a lot of people upgraded for yeah. because even though I had a lot of thoughts with it, it was um, such a well-loved franchise by that point. Mm. Um, and it was hyped up because of Mark yeah. Hamill, who, yeah. who incidentally I had lunch with this month, this month for this issue. Uh, as a, it was ECTS in London. Was that the one and where he thought we, where we, where we said we look like rent boys? I knew you were going to say that. It wasn't. No, that's a different one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. So I, um, so, so Mark Hamill was in town for um, to promote uh, Wing Commander Three, and he was in town with Chris Roberts, of course, the designer of the game. And um, yeah, I was at ECTS on the Monday, and got asked if I wanted to go for lunch with him. And so I had lunch with Luke Skywalker, which I was still telling friends about. Ten today. years later, friends had a social on Twitter last week. Right, you do. Um, and Jer- Jeremy Wells was with me as well, and, and um, 
you know, it, it's an odd time because um, Star Wars was still massive, um, yeah. but Mark Hamill had barely been seen. He did the uh, the um, Batman voiceover, of course. So it was great to even see the guy, let alone to actually chat to him over lunch. And yeah. there was only there was six of us, I think, at lunch. It, was, it wasn't like a big group. And um, no word of a lie, he spent about 80% of the conversation. This is Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, talking about porn. <laughs> he was saying how him and his wife had got really addicted to porn on cable and it's just like this guy's my hero from when i was like and he's talking <laughs> it was wing commander and porn that's basically all we discussed so yeah. end of anecdote sorry yeah yeah good story <laughs> i was gonna good say talking talk about talking about the arms race stuff i mean i, I realize i'm kind of jumping ahead chronologically wise but uh remember when ea did I think it was Jane's Fighters or Jane's and, and basically <laughs> that's very did, Dan Emery. I'm sorry, but that's, no, 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 but they basically <laughs> tried, they tried to predict where the technology was going to be mm. for, at the start of the development, and they got it massively wrong. Uh, okay. So even on, on the best ever souped-up PC, it basically ran like seven frames a second. Right. Um, <laughs> and I don't think the technology caught up for about another six years or something. By which point, <laughs> nobody cared whatsoever. But that was that, as you said, the technology. Was was going at such a pace that it was actually the start of developers having a bit of a challenge going well what's actually going to be in place by the time this game comes out rather than what's out there now yeah. although conversely games were a lot games were a simpler time then so you know all that happened was the characters just moved faster if you had a better chip <laughs> <laughs> yeah true i'm going to read out a section from the review and you guys have to tell me what review it was, maybe who wrote it, and what the score was. It just kind of uh, it'll give it. No, no, we'll, you'll get an idea. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Right. Here we go then. Hanging's too good for it, I tell you. I don't know where to begin in my list of faults, so I suppose I'll start with the worst. The control system would have had me tearing my hair out if I'd had any hair. It's not present, by the uh, way. Hellcap. Uh, oh, no, oh, uh, Patrick, 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 uh, I can't. Patrick McCarthy, yeah. That's it, that's the word. Mm. But I used the remix version. No, no, it was uh, Paul Aiken. Who I'm sure it must have had hair then, but anyway. Oh. Paul Aiken has hair. Oh, well, Heimdall 2. Yes. Yes, 45%. He, yeah, he did pan it. <laughs> he did. Quite Look, Paul a lot had of hair. Uh, he had, yeah, he had hair, but not a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah, but not. <laughs> it was all fantasy. Or you're just singing Queen. <laughs> okay, next one. I was really surprised by this, mainly because it had an enormous potential to be a totally and utterly shite. Oh, IndyCar Racing expansion pack. Oh. Was it Was it the Charlie Brooker? Um, no. no, that one was um, New Boy, John Davison. Mm, Wing Commander yeah. Armada. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, yes, of course. The series has steadily built up a small but dedicated band of followers. Of course, even Spurs have, have a small but dedicated band of followers, so I guess there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> that's Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy will kick, kick off free. Jeremy Wells? No, no. That's I'm going to say Presley. Patrick. He was another football nut. Presley, make your football what? reference. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Blimey. Ish- 3, wow. the seven gates of infinity. Well, yeah. that, of course it was. Of course it was yeah. football reference in, in a review that's not about football. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Despite the fact that we had about three football yeah, exactly. games that's in that what issue. I mean. And it, you know, <laughs> they probably mentioned Doom as well. Yeah. 
Okay. Spurs met their doom. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what about this one? Tune in next month for an update and a rating based on the final product. Those with a Ninja yeah, PC should me, go down me, to the me, shops me. immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah. Me, me, um, me. That's Under a yeah. Killing Moon. Now, well is, it, is this the only game that's never got a review score, a score in the review section? Do I hold that accolade? Um, I don't know, is, is the answer. Um, well, come on, well, do everything. No, or care. There, yeah. there, there was, <laughs> that's not true. There were a couple of earlier reviews that were kind of not sure if they were games or multimedia kind of packages oh. that didn't get scores. Oh, but okay. this, I think this was the first one, certainly the first one to get a question mark as a score so mm-hmm. there you go mm, so, well so me. go on so what, what, what was that, that don't re- remember or care well it was purely <laughs> down to um the uh, tech specs of all things were promising that it would run on like a four megabytes of memory and i got review code in a few days before press deadline and it was chugging along on 16 meg and I suppose, I mean, God, I don't really remember this. I'm judging by the review itself and, and trying to put some logic to it. But we just did it. We thought if it's not going to, if it runs poorly on 16 meg, what's it going to look like on 4 meg? And they, um, yeah. And so it was ridiculous, really, that we just didn't give it a sort of 90%, which was the typical mark for a very everything. good game. Well, for everything, <laughs> that's right, yeah. And then, and then add a caveat at the end. That's what we what sensibly we would have done, right? So I, I'm kind of a bit cringe cringing that we did that put a question mark on it but um but you're only 12 then Warren it's fine well exactly I know <laughs> I gotta say I think it's because um my attitude back then and it ran all the way through any work I did back then was I hated the idea of people wasting money that was uh, yeah. some people were in a business that really liked flogging games on behalf of games companies and mm. and I always felt like they were put, like almost marketing people and I was never like that my objective was is it worth spending your money and we, I couldn't, we couldn't honestly say at the end of that. So I think it's a bit of a dull thing to do, not put a score on it. But I think that's probably what was in my head. That how can we recommend something that is running really badly? Um, okay, Warren, you've got time you, now. You can you can make amends. So what score? Ninety percent. Yeah, obviously. 90, okay. I've got to say, hang on. A, a few issues later <laughs> was the Wing Commander Three uh, review, and Wing Commander Three was probably a exclusive. Well, it wasn't exclusive. It was on the cover, so it's a really big deal. And they gave it two scores, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah they, they, they gave it uh, 89% and 62%, right? Depending on your hardware setup. Now, come on, what's worse? <laughs> what, what is worse, two review scores or no review score? I yeah. think actually... Yeah. No, no, no review score is yeah. definitely worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I think two review... But it was the same problem. And, and maybe this was a problem. And m- most of the time, obviously, we were just skipping over the review specs and the requirements. And um, But, you know, clearly there was a big difference between four meg of memory and 16 meg at the time. A huge difference. So that's what I was all about. Yeah, it's 12. Yeah. <laughs> but it, going back to the multimedia standard that Lawrence wrote about so eloquently that MPC2 standard which was the upper standard and even that was only four megabytes so people didn't really have 16 meg you know hard to believe I know it is yeah okay then well Incidentally, I've just got to say, this all this bullshit about hardware and the stuff we've discussed probably paved the way for the PlayStation doing so well the following year because PlayStation came in with you know CD drive and just looked great and there was no bullshit with this this arms race, as it were. It just looked great out the box. It was also more of a. I mean, God, we could check. Take, we could talk about this for another two hours now. But fundamentally, it was about they 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 
tucked into the zeitgeist. It was all about the music, the atmosphere, the vibe, mm. making it a kind of cool thing. Whereas the best yeah. one in the world, no matter how much you sex it up, a 486DX2 well, is exactly. never, yeah. never going to get you pulled. No, it's true. <laughs> that is true. And this is true. yourself. We were, yes. <laughs> that is true. Two square pixelated images downloading off CompuServe. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have come to the end of the issue, and I just want to say that it's been an absolute um, thrill to be speaking to you guys. Uh, you are all legends, all of you. Oh, um, oh, either ones I'm, I'm not spoken to in, in years, or in the case of Phil, not at all. So it's been great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, like I said earlier, I've also been eager to find out about VR during this period because I didn't get a proper opportunity to try it out um, at the time, um, which I now know was probably, was probably for the best anyway. Uh, but before we end, though, I just wanted to ask um, ask you all about Duncan McDonald, who um, I only learned recently um, died in 2017. He was, of course, a massive presence on the mag, um, not only on Zone mm. during its um, early years, but also Zero, your Sinclair. And uh, given the fact that I literally started the issue after he stopped contributing, I uh, just wondered whether you can give a few, an idea of what he was like and uh, what he gave to the magazine. So um, do you want to start that, Lawrence? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think I think when we spoke before, I said to you that um, it was it was it was writers like him that really um, made it what it was as a magazine. Mm. Um, he was a very very smart, witty guy, um, and and a very pleasant guy as well. Actually, um, uh, I have very um, good memories of uh working with him um he wasn't he wasn't um he wasn't necessarily going to be the first one to have copy uh ready to go when you wanted it in front of you but um but gen but generally it was gold when it did arrive yeah. i mean a mr cursor in that that particular issue was about um it was 95% about plastic surgery and then she horned it at the end was, was, was games, right? Which was, but that, that irreverence, that irreverent side rubbed off on everybody else who wrote for the magazine uh, and lasted throughout the magazine's life just about, I think. And is, you know, obviously Charlie's contributions were very memorable as well. And, and plenty of other great writers, great creative people who came through the system. But um Yeah. Mr. Cursor more than anybody else. It was just a yeah, proper, proper personality that shone through on the page. And people would have turned to that page first a lot of the time, right? Which, mm-hmm. yeah. which, which, which says it all. So um, I, I think we, sh- we need to give a plug for his book. I, I don't know if you guys are all aware, but, you know, a, a book was, he wrote a book before, obviously before he passed on, called South Coast Diaries, it's called. Mm-hmm. And it is available from all decent um bookshops. And it is, it, it is, it is very, very Duncan. It is, you know, it, if, if um if you liked him and his writing back then then you're going to love this book for sure so have you out. read it warren i've read i've started it yeah yeah, me yeah, too. yeah. It, it is just you know and i i i find it a little bit difficult if if because um you know i don't think that uh well i i wasn't in touch with him for you know after he left dennis at all and and that's oh, i think actually we did follow each other on twitter which is just as we know the social age is just bullshit because you think you're in touch but actually you know, you're not really. Yeah. And I knew, and I knew he was in um, Hastings vaguely. 
Uh, and I just regret it. Worthing, Worthing. Well, Worthing, but and Hastings as well. No, he spent a lot of time in Hastings, and he, he um, and um, you know, I I go to Hastings a fair bit because of family connections down there, and I do just think that um, it would have been nice to see him and knowing he was having a pretty tough time in his life. Um, it's just it's pretty mind blowing knowing that um, some contributors, are also very incredibly talented, and um, on zone, have gone on to some amazing things, as we well know, and. Um, you know, Duncan Thanks, was, <laughs> uh, but Duncan was incredibly talented. But unfortunately, things went wrong. And um, actually, there's a there's a a big lesson there about um, people that you see on on the streets, homeless, and the rest of it. And and um, yeah, it's probably a lesson for us all. It's very close to home. How how some people can fall down. In fact, his book is about. Is the opening of his book's great about how people always go south. That people ahead, you know, people from Scotland when they fall, um, if if uh, you know they 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 go they end up going down to London, uh, the homelessness. And he went even further as well. What his book's about, really, he went so far south that he went to Hastings as far as he could go. And yeah, it's just um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's it's a hilarious book, but also you know, tins with sadness that an old colleague and such a hugely talented guy should um, fall fall through the cracks of society. Mm. In, in a way, when I when I heard the news, I was I was horrific, I was really upset, and also partially not surprised. Duncan was, I think, it's fair to say, probably one of the most creative people that worked on Zone Full Stop. Mm. Certainly, one of the best writers. You could argue Toss Newby was the best. I wouldn't argue against that one, but he was incredibly creative. If you look at the, as well as his writing, as well as his Mister Curse and the style of his reviews, the whole of the Kulky stuff that he did. Um, with Kolke, that was that was him and, and Colin's idea, and he filmed all that. You know, he was he was a, a very bright candle, um, and perhaps you know you see it quite a lot with people of, of that kind of caliber. You know, sometimes they they literally do burn out because their talent is so amazing and it breaks broke so intently. Yeah. Um, you know, like Warren. You know, yeah, we followed him on Twitter. Yeah, I'm still in touch with Duncan, but you're not really. You're just following some characters and. And then you almost don't really notice when they stop tweeting yeah, because exactly. yeah. because they because you know suddenly they disappear from the feed and you're not really paying attention because you're sitting arguing about Brexit or the Olympics or whatever else it, that's yeah. the soup du jour that day. Mm. Um, and then yeah, then then you literally find out he's gone and and yeah, like Warren, I spent a lot of time in, in Hastings as well uh, for different reasons, mainly in the Conquest Hospital. Um, but yeah, you kind of think shit if I'd only actually bothered to. To rather go, oh, I really must do that one day, and never doing it, mm-hmm. and then you go, shit, there is no one day now; it's it's, it's mm-hmm. gone. Um, you know, I'd love to find out what I'm to Kolke. You know, where's he gone? You know, is this someone um, else I haven't seen for like 25, 30 years. He's I hope he he is around. He is around. I contacted him a few weeks ago, actually. Oh really? Yes. If you're doing a, if you're doing a chat with Kolke with old Coltis, get me on that because that was my <laughs> baby. Um, you should get Ponty on as well. Absolutely. Uh, no, no. I I, me- I messaged him on on Facebook and um, he was telling me about the book and he said every character in that book in the South Coast Diaries is real. Is yeah. real, yes, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, it is. Well, he literally yeah. wrote it as a diary, didn't he? For yeah. Um, yeah. he was submitting it to what's this what is it with Macca or is it a Macca site or something somewhere? I think uh, it Macca was, or Mallow or something. Yeah, I'm sure it's being published somewhere, and then he's re- he's dressed it up now as being about um, yeah, as being fictional and fictional characters, but clearly it isn't. It's about his life, and um, yeah, check it out. Phil, you knew Duncan from way way. Oh back yeah, no, we're, we're, it, again we we hired him on Your Sinclair, and um, uh, he was he was sending. I don't actually know how it happened, but I think um, 
uh, he was sending in uh, reviews and cartoons, mostly cartoons. Um, and we thought they were absolutely freaking hilarious. Did, didn't you do something on your lawnmower or something like that? Uh, some, the something... lawnmower simulator. Yeah, that's the one. That was a, yeah. It was a cover mount. And, um, oh, uh, yeah. I, which I, I, I still occasionally play for old time's sake. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fantastic. But, um, uh, yeah, he, he, he sent in a bunch of cartoons. And, um, so we got him in to do some cartoons and he did some reviews. And, um, uh, he was just, uh, it, it, he's a 24 carat nutter for sure. Um, that he's he's skated that fine line between madness and genius, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, for 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 good or ill, you know, for, that cuts both ways. But um, uh, he, it, my my abiding memories of him are coming in the latest of any person I've ever seen, <laughs> um, and and with the most bizarre excuses I've ever heard, um, like uh. Just this, he used to tell these stories like he'd, he'd like, yeah, you know, I was just coming in on the train and I was reading a newspaper, and this guy, um, sitting the seat opposite me, he 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 leaned forward and he pushed the newspaper down. And he's miming this in front of me. He, he said, but he pushed the newspaper down. And he said, "Excuse me, are you into rugby?" Oh, no offense, and that was the story. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 he and he told it again just just to make sure that we got it, <laughs> and it was just yeah, it was yeah. just that bone deep surrealism that he had, you know, about him that that I I really liked. But I think, as you've all said, you know, you you, you think, oh, it's such a shame that we didn't keep in touch with him. And both Ther- and Teresa and Marcus and I were talking fairly recently about doing a, a, a ys memories podcast and getting duncan involved and getting macro right. involved and everything and, and nobody had heard from him nobody knew where he was um and i think it's true that we we possibly couldn't have kept in touch with him because i think he was uh you know he was studiously avoiding keeping in touch you know, for various, mm. for various kind of personal reasons. Mm. Um, so it's a shame. I, I, I feel bad about the fact that we didn't, we didn't have more of him, you know, but yeah. I, I, I don't really feel like we could have really done much to, you know, uh, you know, get much, any, any of that back, you know, mm-hmm. but he was fundamentally a really nice guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. He genuinely so. was, was one of life's goods guys. And, and, you know, the side that we saw in the office was always the happy, sort of slightly manic, grinning, laughing. Yeah. I can still hear his laugh now. Yeah. But obviously, maybe that belied the other side that we never saw. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay, guys. I think we're going to leave it there. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for uh, anyone who's listening in. Anyone, I hope. And we will, I hope you'll join us again soon when we'll look through another issue of PC Zone. I can guarantee it won't be with. Uh, these guys, not in this configuration. Any anyway, of us. But I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope. But I do hope at some point soon. Lawrence, Phil, Dan, and Warren, maybe um, individually or together, you might come. You might have some time to go through another issue of Sure. <laughs> uh, who knows? And always happy to come with old friends. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a hand in, in or out of my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect climax. Yes. All right then. (laughs) Thank you. It's been fun. Take care, guys. All the best. Thanks, Richie.
species zones alive. Oh, well, who wants to live forever? <laughs>